Welcome to Yin Untangled. I'm Kat Mead. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of Yin Untangled. I'm your host, Kat Mead, owner of The Yin Method. And in this episode, I wanted to talk pretty generally about some things that I think collectively a lot of people are feeling at the moment. And mainly that is anxiety and trauma. But I also wanted to talk about how yin yoga can both help you to deal with things, but how you also need to be very aware as a teacher and a student of how anxiety and trauma can present itself and how sometimes what is said in a yoga class uh, is not always super helpful. So I'll get to that point shortly. So I've talked about anxiety and trauma in separate episodes on the show before. So go back and listen to those episodes as well if you haven't already. And this is a bit of a riff episode again. (laughs) So let's get into it. All right, now the reason I want to talk about this is because the last few days I've actually just felt really sad. Um, Usually I just feel anxious and worried. And in the weeks before we went into lockdown where I am, I was feeling quite a lot of anger. But this past week, I've just kind of felt sad. I'm okay. There's been laughter and joyful moments, of course, and I feel a lot of gratitude for everything I have and the ability to have what I need, but I'm human, as we all are. We have emotions. We are allowed to feel more than one thing at a time, and we have the capacity to do that. And I think this is probably a really good place to lead into my thoughts on trauma and anxiety and how these can show up in a yin yoga or any yoga practice and how a yoga practice can actually help us to deal with this stuff. Now, all of this is pretty generalized. I'm not going to go into the endless research on trauma and the brain and all of that stuff here because we'll be here for days. But if that's something that you'd like to learn more about, I highly recommend reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score, and I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Now, when we experience a traumatic event or a series of events, a lot of the time we will do one of two things. And of course, these are not the only things that happen. But like I said, I want to keep this fairly simple. So the two things are We might work through it and deal with it straight away or soon afterwards, or, you know, it could be a long time later, or we might push down our emotions, usually subconsciously, and leave it hidden somewhere in our body and within our memories. Sometimes we push them so far down that we have absolutely no idea that the thing has even happened or that we've been holding on to it. And usually we'll do this until we go and seek help. Or our body tells us that it's had enough of holding it all in and it all comes up to the surface. When we have trauma that we haven't dealt with, it can create all sorts of problems. We might experience anxiety. We might experience anger, which can present as outbursts or behavior behavioral issues. We might experience depression. We might be overly happy on the outside, but maybe not really feeling that on the inside. We might be people pleasers. We might numb ourselves with alcohol, drugs, social media, anything. We might take unnecessary risks and sometimes that happens in order to feel something. I think that it's likely that every single person on the planet is traumatized in some way. 
and I think I've said that before in previous episodes, there's obviously big traumas that are easy to point to and say, this happened to me. But there are so many little traumas that can accumulate over time that we might not even be aware of. And when I say little traumas and big traumas, it's not to say that one is bigger or more important than the other. It's really just referring to, I guess, the mechanism of the trauma. It can be a single traumatic event or a gradual wearing away over time. In my experience, trauma has led to near constant anxiety. (laughs) I've learned to deal with it in many ways, but it's usually there in some form most of the time. Mostly at the moment, it gets stuck in my neck and throat, which I think I've mentioned before. Like I have a lump in my throat and pretty bad tension in my neck and shoulders. So that's fun. In my experience of yoga, it has changed a little bit over time. But when I first started going to yoga classes, I really had to be near the door in case I felt like I needed to leave quickly. In yin classes, I couldn't really handle poses that pressed my chest into a bolster because it made me more able to feel my heartbeat and that would cause me an anxiety reaction. And so that was poses like child's pose with a bolster under your chest and mermaid pose where you're lying sideways over a bolster. That was actually a really big one that triggered me. I've also had traumatic experiences in or around yoga classes. And when I think about it now, I realize that my reaction or my response to the experience may itself have been a trauma response. So once after a class I'd been assisting in, in a local studio, uh, as I was about to leave, I needed to say something to the other teacher before the next class began. I can't remember if I needed to tell them something or they were trying to tell me something. Um, But they were at the front of the room and I was at the back. It wasn't a huge space. And instead of yelling across the room, I took one or two steps forward in between two yoga mats with my shoes already on because I was ready to leave and was then basically yelled at by the older male yoga teacher who was teaching the next class, who told me in front of everyone that I was disrespectful for walking into a yoga space with shoes on. Um, It was very embarrassing, actually, and it made me cry a few minutes later when I was outside. It's funny because that teacher clearly has absolutely no recollection of that tiny interaction, but for me, it's something that really stuck. And so I want to make a point here. As a yoga teacher, I really think you need to understand the relationship between trauma, the body, emotions, and you need to understand how it might show up in a class or how you might trigger it in a class. And it's not your fault if someone's anxiety gets triggered in a class, but I think as teachers, obviously we need to be really mindful of it. And of course, I'm not going to explain all the ways it can show up because it's different for everyone and we don't want to be here forever. Often for me though, in a flow class, my trauma or a response to something I've held in my body shows up with pretty intense, uncontrollable shaking in my right hand. I don't know emotionally or mentally really what that's all about in that specific part of my body, but I do know that it's something coming up and out because probably because I felt safe in those moments and because I'm unlocking stuff as I move. This actually happened really quite extremely once, probably 
probably about two years ago and I nearly had a full-blown panic attack and I felt like I needed to run away just because those sensations were so intense. Now I stayed because I knew the teacher and I knew that I would be safe regardless of what happened. In a yin yoga class, we are a lot of the time asked to be still. Stillness is one of the main guiding principles of the practice. But sometimes stillness just isn't what people need and it's not helpful to them. I've heard of people being told that if they move out of a yin yoga pose before they're told to by the teacher, that they're not doing it right or they've failed in some way. And I think that is one of the most counterproductive things a teacher can say in a class, especially when dealing with traumatized people. Of course, we can't always know as teachers who is dealing with trauma or what's going to come up for them, who it's going to come up for, how it's going to come up. But that's why we need to empower people to learn to listen to their body and the responses they personally are getting. We need to give people permission to move if they need to and to tell them the reasons why they might need to move. And that can be emotional distress, sensation that might lead to pain or injury, or they might feel trapped. We need to make sure people know that they're safe and we need to offer zero judgment on people if they do choose to leave a pose or a flow and rest. And as a teacher, of course, it's your job to check in with them if you can. Absolutely do that. But you know what? Some people give you real big fuck off vibes when you go to check on them. This might be obvious, but I think a lot of people come into teaching yoga to help people. And sometimes the best way to help a person is to leave them alone. Even if they are just coming to class to lay on their mat for an hour. You might just make them feel seen and safe enough to let them do that. And one last point on teachers needing to be mindful of trauma. If you want to touch someone in any way during a yoga class, you must have permission. Now, I personally believe that allowing emotions and sensations to rise up in a yoga class can be extremely beneficial. In fact, I know it is. I think that letting yourself sit through a bit of discomfort, letting yourself cry, letting yourself shake can be very healing. Getting all of that held memory, emotion, and for lack of a better word, crap out of your body after you've been holding it for however long can be extremely freeing. But, and I feel like there's always a but, (laughs) it's like I said earlier, sometimes the things that come up feel like too much for us. I believe that if they're coming up, especially in a yoga class, we have the capacity to deal with them because our body knows, right? It wouldn't give us something we can't deal with, but it's almost possible or it's also possible that by almost sometimes forcing yourself into holding a pose or staying in a flow when you are starting to feel emotionally distressed, you can really take yourself backwards in a way. So how do you know when it's too much? This is really the thing I love about yin yoga and the human body and learning your um, language of your human body. It's your body will tell you. It'll give you subtle or not so subtle hints that something needs to change. For me, when an emotion or a sensation is getting too much, my body will simply create tension and resistance. My breathing will get shallower, my thoughts will start cycling, and it creates anxiety 
that I need in that moment to move away from. Now, sometimes all of those things will happen, but I'll still be able to breathe through it. Basically for me, and remember this will be different for everyone, if I can breathe through it, I can stay in the discomfort. If I can be aware enough to know that all things have some kind of end, I can move through it. But if I've kind of passed that point and I can't even really think straight, then it's too much. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has beat themselves up for experiencing anxiety. And I've definitely done that in yoga classes, both as a student and as a teacher. But when it comes down to it, I know that I don't experience anxiety because of who I am. I experience it because of things I've been through. So I need to cut myself some slack for feeling. And maybe you do too. Your experiences are valid. How you feel now, how you felt in the past and how you will feel in the future. It's all valid. You've survived every single thing you've been through. Your trauma around those things is valid. Your responses and reactions are valid. The work you're doing to move through your stuff is valid. Now I'm feeling like this is more of a journal entry than a podcast episode, but here we are. There it is. I think that's all I have to say today. Yeah. I really appreciate you being here and listening. I'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback on the show or if there's a topic you'd like me to cover. You can either send me an email to theyinmethod at gmail.com or find me on Instagram and send me a DM at theyinmethod. Thank you again for being here. I'll catch you again very soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.